to Money Chat Now interview. In this portion of the show, I take the opportunity to interview interesting people and introduce you to their products, their services, or just their good intentions. If you'd like to be a guest on my show, you can go to thelarrysteinhousshow.com slash guest. That's thelarrysteinhousshow.com slash guest. And let us know why you want to be interviewed. All right, so today's special guest is interesting. He is a retired registered nurse and a registered psych psychotherapist. His mission is to tell the world what it is like to be a nurse and how hospitals really are. His experience is in both hospitals in the United States and in Canada. So I'd like to introduce, to introduce my special guest today, who is incognito, and his name is Nurse Jack Houston. All right, hey, Jack, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Awesome, man. Good, good. So you, so again, so you're incognito because you you want to you want to protect your patients, and you're about to tell us a story. Go for it. Well, uh, yeah. There, so we had one patient. She was in a coma, and she'd come out of the coma, but she was basically um, she was not herself. She had so much brain damage. We didn't even know if she recognized people. You know, she was actually at the state where she would sing nursery rhymes. Oh, that's when awesome. When she was nervous, to a she point. Would, <laughs> she, well, to a point, well, she would, she would rock back and forth and rocking is always a bad sign, uh, okay. you know, when people are nervous. So she would rock back and forth and sing nursery rhymes when she was upset. You know, it's a kind of a coping mechanism, mm. but we didn't even know if she knew her husband and, wow. you know, so, I mean, a lot of brain damage had, had happened. So one day I was doing my rounds and I went in the, went in the room to do something and I opened the door and... I see her husband crawling off of her. You know, he was having sex with her, trying to pull his pants up and pull her diaper up at the same time. You know, and he started yelling at me, we need our marital time, our marital duties, we need time right. for that, etc." Well, I said uh, quite a few choice words as I threw him in the hallway with his pants down. And, uh, you know, it was, at first I just kind of stood there and I just, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I mean, this isn't sure. something, you know, you walk in the hospital, you don't, you know, because the state she was in, and she was petrified. She was rocking back and forth, saying, Mary had a little lamb. Now, that is not somebody that's competent, you know. Yeah, so, so he, so, so in a sense, it's kind of a weird thing to say, but in a sense, he raped his wife. Basically, yes. And uh, so, I mean, I put a stop to it, and, you know, well, I threw him out, and I called the doctor. I was a young nurse at the time. I think it was 21, maybe 22. And, um, you know, I called the doctor, I called the supervisor. There was a tremendous amount of charting for something like that. And the doctor assured me, well, I will talk to him in the morning. He's obviously not coping with things, whatever. Yeah, right. Anyway, not, not to get into the whole story, but, but I, uh, I was away for a few days on some holidays. I'd come back, and I had found that the nurses were uh, still allowing it to go on every oh, night. Wow. He had his, his quiet time, and... Uh, shut the door and you weren't supposed to go in there when the door was shut and they were allowing this to continue every night. And I looked into the chart, and my notes were gone. You know, they were just gone. Oh, interesting. So the hospital had taken them out and they put them in, we had what we call back then, everything was on paper. So we had what you call like an overflow chart. They had put them in there, but usually that's if a patient's been in for two or three months and the chart gets very thick, there's no room, right? This was not the case. They were hiding them. Huh. And they so this, this was a, the nurses doing it or the doctor was doing it, do you think? Well, I don't know who had done it. Uh, management, I would think. Um, you know, there was a, a few people involved, I believe. 
So they'd even tested her to see if she was pregnant and hid that test as well. Uh, how old, was, how old was this couple? Oh, probably 40, okay. mid-40s. Okay. You know, and, um, you know, I know me, he might have had coping problems, but I just think he was a miserable, selfish man. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's just, I mean, I'm trying to watch my language here on... That's all right. Know, on, we're, not, but, we, uh, we're not on the radio. We do we do stuff on the radio, but this is not on the radio, but I understand what you mean. I appreciate it. Well, you know what I mean? It's... Uh, so I didn't buy the fact that he wasn't coping. I mean, so all the other nurses that were there at the time, uh, they, they were females, and most of them were single mothers. I, I just, I couldn't figure out why they were allowing this to go on, but uh, they were LVNs. Uh, that's mm -hmm. like a step down. In Texas, that's, other places it's an RPN. Basically, it's, uh, you don't get paid much money. I think okay. they were getting 8 or $9 an hour. I was getting 25 you know what okay. I mean? Sure. So it's hard to make a living there. It's very hard. And I think they were afraid of losing their jobs, you know. Sure. They were fearful because there's no unions, you know, in, in that place. And anyway, I found out it was still going on. So the next morning, I was on the night shift, when the doctor came in, I held an emergency meeting at my demand, basically. And I said, this is stopping now. It's not going to go on. And the head nurse proceeded to tell me it was none of my business. That they're married and it's their business and you need to keep out of it. Yeah, to a point she's so, right. Well, to a point she's right. Correct. But right. I said to her, I said, so if you're in a coma and you come out of it and you don't know who you are, I should let your husband crawl on top of you every night and scare the hell out of yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I absolutely I mean? agree with and, that. It's terrible. Well, it was terrible. Anyways, and I'm, mind you, I'm still a young kid. You think you're an adult at the time, but you're really right. you're 21. You, you know, so you're trying to maneuver this whole career thing, adult, law, legal stuff, you know. So I, I said that to her, and she hit me. She was a big girl. She hit me pretty hard. Ooh. I mean, I used to do, I used to do, uh, I used to fight and stuff like that, and I know, I don't know if I've ever been hit by a man that hard. I was seeing stars. She just clocked me. Wow. And in front of everybody, you know. And so, I mean, that actually is a charge, too. But anyway, they, they tried to bury all this. I said, okay, fine. I said, I'll go to the, the Texas Rangers. I'll call Marvin Zindler. He was a big... Uh, reporter at the time did a lot of undercover stories exposed a lot of stuff and uh, funny they had three doctors in within an hour to write a whole bunch of stuff how he wasn't allowed in the room it you know wasn't allowed it wasn't she was yeah competent, yeah the whole makes sense bit, sure you know so so, how, anyway, so how did you how did you keep your job after that well my job was very difficult after that it didn't no, no, matter well, okay so the, the, they were coming down and they were they were making it difficult were, for you to be there they were making it very difficult for me to be there. How, how long ago was this? There. This was early in my career. I, like I say, I was 21, 22, sure. so that's probably 30 years ago. Okay, so this was before you know? like you know, you could actually stand up and be a whistleblower and say, hey, I got a problem here. You, you just needed to yeah, shut up was, and do your thing. Yeah, but you know, I, didn't do, I didn't do anything heroic or you know, wonderful. I just did what any guy I grew up with would do. I mean, it's just the simple thing. You know yeah, what I mean? It I just, agree, yeah. Yeah. It, it's just so I mean some people say well it was his wife it wasn't really rape I said yeah that's rape I mean I, I know the law very well and that's rape you know so, so now you're retired correct I am retired now okay yeah. so this is so 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 it's interesting so when when did you write this book by the way the book called Nurse Jack well I just uh, you know at the start of the pandemic I I had retired and I was sitting around not a hell of a lot to do you couldn't even go anywhere so I was just started writing one day 
I'd always thought, you know, I, I worked with this one guy, and whenever we'd have a big incident, he would curse and swear. We should write a book about this place, and you know, and and I always thought in the back of my head, you yeah, we should write a book about this, you know. Yeah. So I just I, I kind of wanted something to do, but I also I you know I found it therapeutic, really, to write it. Like it was some things needed to be said. How how many and, stories did you put in a book that were similar to the one that we you just told? Um. Well, they're all different. I'd say two or three are kind of like this, mm -hmm. but uh, I mean different different scenarios. I mean, there's there's stuff about that. There's drug and alcohol abuse. Uh, stories about nurses going in and giving themselves the injection and giving the patient saline instead of his pain meds. And, wow! Wait! 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 You, wait. you got to go back to that one. That is that. That's interesting. So. Basically, you have drug addict nurses, which is really funny because oh, I, I yeah. know that there was a there was a show, and you're probably familiar with it, the, the show called Nurse Jackie. Yes. Okay, so yeah, she where, was a right, and that's where you, you you titled your book, obviously hoping to to get a piece of that, which is brilliant, actually. Uh, so so uh, yeah, I, I found that show was pretty interesting. But so you actually I had nurses, brilliant. Yeah, so you actually had nurses who were who were drug addicts that would give the patients, yeah. you know nothing basically saline and then you oh, they, yeah. and they would take the drug that's really interesting so how many of those patients i'm curious felt relief uh, because their mind thought they were getting the real drug well you know it's that's really hard to measure but i mean some of them were in such bad shape you know when you give a med uh, like a pain pill doesn't or a, a needle whatever doesn't take everything away so i mean you're always in pain after surgery so it's hard to really measure sure, sure. and she wouldn't do it to the 25 year old that was competent and with it you know it would be somebody elderly or older not able to speak up for themselves and stuff like that mm -hmm. right but she came out of the room one day and one of the nurse techs said oh marjorie you're you're bleeding and she pointed at her hip you know her white scrubs and right little blood was coming through well, she she broke down right away. Actually, I think she needed to be caught. Oh wow! Had had enough, you know. Yeah, so but, she she um, she was looking for she was looking to get caught so she could be told to stop. I I think so. She had mm. just I mean, you can imagine working like that to the point where you're doing that at work. You've been having issues for a long time. You wow. know what I mean? But um, we had another nurse. She. Uh, she came in, and nurses can do what we call write doctor's orders or take verbal orders over the phone. So okay. the doctor calls and says, hey, Jack, give this patient Demerol every three hours, whatever, you know. So I write that and then write a slash in my name beside it. So the nurse really, we need to know a lot about what's going on because we screw it up. You know, the patient's going to suffer. So, oh, yeah. You know, we can, we can take those verbal orders from the doctor or over the phone or whatever. But so this one nurse came in, and... She took some verbal orders from this doctor to give the patient Demerol every three hours, as needed, PRN it's called, when you need it. And so he got it every three hours for three nights in a row, the 12-hour shifts she was on. And then for two nights when she wasn't there, he didn't get anything. Then she came back to work and he got it every three hours for the next three nights. And nothing in the daytime when he was doing therapy for this hip surgery mm -hmm. so that just seemed a little funny the nurse the head nurse got looking into it and like this is odd you know and it turns out the verbal order she took from the doctor who was the patient's doctor wasn't even in the country because his mother had fallen ill and he had to leave oh, no. the country so that's how she got caught oh you know? no wow but um i think in the first four years i was in texas while i was working there was uh, five nurses arrested the police come in throw them down kicking and squealing wow. away you know 
Wow, that must. But, have, I mean, that must have been. That, that must have been. I can't even. I mean, can't even imagine what you're thinking at the time when that happens. Then you know, not only do you have to go on with your shift, missing a nurse, but yeah. thinking about that nurse and what that nurse has done and what patients are affected by it. Well, it's horrendous. It's you can't even measure it. It's just you don't know what all they've done. Sure. You know. Sure. <clears throat> so what is the, so, so? So tell me, what is the? What, you, know, you told us about one patient. What what is a patient that you remember the most that you know that you you'll probably never forget or or that you want people to know about? Oh, you know, there's there's quite a few. There's one uh, there's one lady that we had uh, in the book. It's called I miss that sob, <laughs> and she told me right off the bat, you know, I'm a real sob, short of breath. Because she had severe asthma, she was short of breath. Is a term in, in the hospital. We okay. write SOB, short of breath. And she says, and she winks at me. She's about sixty-five. She winks at me, says, "I'm also a son of a bitch," you know. And I said, "Okay," you know. And she proceeded to tell me she's an old butterfly. And anyway, time as time went on, I looked after her for months. You know, me and this this other fellow that I worked with, and we were young then, so. On her days off, we'd be out honky tonking. They call it, you know, that's the western country and western bars in the in Texas. And one of the uh, bar maids come over and said, "Here, boys, this is from Ida." And she points across, and here's this old lady sitting on the bar. She's about sixty-five, and the other side of the bar, and she holds her beer up. She had bought us a beer, you know, and so we went over, said hello, and that kind of stuff. And and then she said, "Well, get on, boys. You're gonna miss the girls. Get out there, you know." So. This is the kind of relationship you get with somebody when you work with them for so long. They're in for two or three months in the hospital. You yeah, know. sure. You get to know them better than family. And anyway, a couple weeks later, we come into work, and the one of the nurses given a report. She goes, uh, she told us, proceeded to tell us that Ida had come in and she had passed, and they just wheeled her by on the stretcher, oh. you know, with the blanket over. Yeah. As we were taking report, and she said she was asking for you boys. She was asking, where's my boys? Where's my boys? You know? And, you know, it, she was an elderly lady. It seemed elderly at the time. As I get older, it doesn't seem so old now. But she had had asthma for years. She treated her body poorly, you know. But we got to know her better than a lot of her own family. You know, if they're in... For a couple of years, you're looking after them three or four months out of the year for 12-hour shifts. I mean, you get to know them pretty well. And we had a hard job working that shift, the both of us young lads. We were teared up and, you know, it's just you lose a patient. You're not supposed to get attached to a patient. Yeah. Well, if you're human, you're going to. You know, that's that's one case, but there's there's so many. Like yeah, I would that. also and imagine them, that. I'd also imagine that, you know, doctors would you know don't get as attached as nurses do because the nurses are spending more time with them talking to them you know i i mean i even remember like you know a couple of times when i'm in a hospital you know i'm just talking to the nurse because i can because the doctor comes in and goes yes this 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 gets out and the nurse i could actually talk to you know right we're doing all the uh the upfront stuff there there's zooming in and out like mm -hmm. superman boom they're yeah. gone you know yeah and yeah so you talk to us when you can but uh Unfortunately, the way it is a lot of the time, because, I mean, money rules the world. Of course. So the less nurses you have, the less the hospital has to pay. So they run you ragged and short yeah. all the time. And you went to nursing so, at a time where, you know, to, to, to be a male nurse was 
sort of unheard of. It was like, what? What do you mean you're the nurse, right? You know? <clears throat> yeah. Well, it, that's the first chapter, actually. Oh, uh, is it? Okay. The first, chapter's, the first chapter, now this is Texas 30 years ago, or a little more than that. Um, I'm not gay. That's the name of the... That's the name I'm of not the gay. Chapter. That's very funny. So, <laughs> okay. So, you know, and like I could care less if somebody thought I was gay. I really don't care. Right, sure, but, sure. you know, when you go to work and you're asked, you know, you can't even count how many times the first six weeks you're working. So you're gay? So you're... So you're gay then? I was like, no, I'm not gay. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were my nurse. Are you my doctor? Yeah, you right. Know, like, so if you're a nurse, you must be gay. If you're a doctor, you're not, you know. And it was the women that were always asking, the older women. <laughs> and it wasn't just that they thought you might be gay, because there really wasn't a lot of men in nursing at the time. Um, but, there, I mean, there was enough, you know. So it was much worse than them mistaking whether you're gay or not. Not like that's a bad thing, but, I mean... They also had in their mind that you were up to something Nefarious. evil or yeah, something I got mischievous. You, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, you know, because sure. a lot of the time you have to put a catheter in somebody, and you can't just people think, well, go get a female nurse. No, you can't do that because you're short-handed. You need to act now. Like mm -hmm. I mean, women have been working on men for years and touching their genitals and doing everything they needed to do, fit, you know, for treatments, and that's acceptable. But for men. They didn't want it at all. I mean, and then the doctor would come in after giving you a whole bunch of flack and, no, I don't want you doing that, and you're trying to barter with them. Well, I have to do it if you want help. And the doctor would come in, their, their legs would fly open like they're on a hair trigger. You know, they didn't care. You know, it, it, he could be a real scumbag, but they wouldn't know. Anyway, yeah, sure, sure. But after a while, once they got used to us men, they'd start asking for us. That's like they actually liked, they, yeah, not not just to do procedures. This one is to like. Are you are you because, trying to say that men are better nurses than women? No, I'm just uh, I'm just saying that in this case, they started asking for us men because they get used to us, and you know I don't know maybe we were the favorites or whatever. But anyway, so we had this uh, this one head nurse. We were talking about this because it was only like six or eight weeks that me and this other fellow just started this job. And she started laughing. She'd just come from break. She says, you're not going to like this, boys. And we said, what? Well, another nurse in Houston at another hospital was caught as the patient was waking up after surgery and post-op. He was given the patient fellatio. So what? I'm like, geez, we're dealing with enough. You know, this yeah, is really. just like Christ. So anyways, after a while, they got used to us. And I had this one old lady. She'd had a hip surgery. And she'd do the normal thing. So are you gay? Have you always been gay? And like three, four nights in a row. I'm like, no, I'm not gay. I have a fiance. We're getting married. You try to sway them, you know. Yeah, well, sure. I get her halfway to the bathroom one night. And she did the whole thing again. I said, no, I'm not gay. And she just kind of looks at me and stares for a second. And then continues to walk. And then she looks up. Great big grin on her face. Reaches down and grabs me by the scrotum. You know. Oh, no. And, and she had this grin was so big, oh, no. I couldn't let go of her. I'm trying to get her <laughs> hand off me, but I, if I let go of her, she's going to fall, you know? And she's grinning so much, her, her dentures fell right out and bounced off the floor. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, you know? This so is great. I, I got through to her. You that's know? hysterical. So, I, so that's the first story, you know, uh, first story in the book. But, that's uh, so really funny. That's great. there are some comedy types okay. stories in it. Like a lot of them are horrific and they're sad and... 
you know, little kids dying, people dying. Yeah, of cancer. Sure. I mean, those things are, sure. those things are horrible. Right. But I had to throw some funny ones in there. No, that, that's anyway, fantastic. Sure. So what, so what do you think was the, the I don't know, really like the most difficult part about writing the book? Uh, the most difficult part about writing it was some of the, uh, tragic stuff that I wrote about where we had like a, I remember one time we had a three-year-old boy die mm. on us and mm. I seen him one day running around in his little Superman underwear and you know, he's, he's sick. He's in the hospital. He's still a kid though. eh? like when he has energies running around, pretending he's flying the whole bit. The next day I come in and they call a code and I have to run up. I'm on the code team. I run up to the ICU. Here's this little kid in there, three years old, having a heart attack or four years old, I guess he was having a heart attack mm. because he was given the wrong meds oh, no. or too much. So basically he had the flu and diarrhea. So you lose a lot of fluids. Often we need to replace electrolytes. So potassium was ordered in the IV bag. So when you order potassium, to be given to somebody you have to measure how much you have to do blood work and make sure they're not getting too much too much or too little potassium makes you have a heart attack oh. so basically at uh, 5 36 in the morning they called up a panic value to the to the ward and what that means is it's way too high stop the potassium right now so you should run down and pull that IV out. Mm-hmm. well that never got conveyed to the nurse uh three so about eight or nine hours later the IV still running, new bag, oh, no. hung in a whole bit. So he goes into a heart attack. Oh. And we worked on him for about an hour and a half. And, you know, we just, we finally had to call it. Sure. And, uh, that's rough. You know, you're just waiting and waiting. And I got mad at the doctor. I mean, I'm, how do you not? Because he called, called it, which means we're quit. Right. We're, gonna, we're just going to quit, right? Right, sure. And it was very difficult, and I'm just waiting, and we're watching the monitor, and I'm waiting like a TV show. You're hoping for that beep, you know, and, and then I heard a beep, and sure. I thought, and I'm looking, but I didn't see the, the needle move, and I'm like, what? Here it was the IV beeping in the background, and anyway, I was mad at him, but really, I mean, he had to call it. The kid was yeah. gone. He yeah, was you gone. were, and yeah, you were just being emotional. I get it. Sure. Yeah, it was really bad, and it, it affected me a long time after that. I remember, uh, like, well, when, when I left the room. I couldn't believe this. Like when we were coding the kid, it's it's a it's a horrible thing to lose a kid. But when you have to watch all this going on, the parents were looking through the window in the ICU at us the whole time. That's memories they don't need to see. And I kept saying, "Get them out of here! Get them out of here!" And they're, "Well, it's their kid." And you know, I understand both sides of it. But so when I left the room, I mean, I wanted to get the hell out of there. I was the first to get out. You know, when it was done, and um, the father met me at the door. I don't know how the hell he did this. And he put his hand out and he shook my hand and he said, thank you so much for working so hard on my little boy. Oh. And I just, I just lost it. I mean, I had to, I had to stop writing that story two or three times and go mm. back to it. But I went back to my, uh, my unit and I had to look up some blood values on, you know, some stuff on the computer and the computer froze. Mm. This is computers are pretty new then. I stood up and I kicked the shit out of that computer. I'll like pay. literally kicked you know, wow. and knock the monitor flying. And I just, I'd lost it. You know, it was just too hard to deal with. And I still had about eight or 10 hours left on my mm. shift. I'm surprised they didn't send you, you home. Know. Well, they don't care. There's nobody to replace you. Yeah. You know? that, I'm, like, I'm, yeah. I mean, I think they would just send you home for humanitarian, not necessarily because they were afraid you were going to do something. I got it now. Sure. So, but, so, you know, if you go home, yeah. then the other nurses have way too many patients and they can't sure. cope. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, you're right though. I mean, they should have. 
So, so I listen to this, and you know, and then I, then I, you know, you have your book. By the way, how can somebody get your book? Well, it's very easy to get. It's on most of the major platforms, you okay. know, Amazon, all around the world, uh, Barnes and Noble, Indigo, mm -hmm. like Smashwords. It's it's everywhere, and you can order it from, you know, anywhere on the internet, any store. You can go in and order it. Uh, it they have it in some stores. It's it's fairly new on the market, so it's hard to get out there. You know, so it takes a while to get. So sure, it's in all the sure. stores. I'm hoping. Yeah, I've written a few books. I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, it, it, it takes a while yeah and uh but yeah you can get it pretty well anywhere and the easiest way my website has all those places listed and it's just nursejack911.com nursejack911.com right nursejack911 yeah you go there right. yeah shows all the spots you Excellent. can get it and uh okay so i, I start know, to think about it and, you know and you know i sort of listen to these stories and it kind of makes me you know like wonder if i even want to go to a hospital after hearing your stories well, it would, and you know, I, I should, I should really expand on that a bit. Like these stories <laughs> sound horrific, and and they are. Right. But it's like any job, I would imagine. Like I would think, if you are a police officer, you're going to work with some duds. If you're a school teacher, there's some duds that really shouldn't be there. You know, I think every job has its useless people that are horrible. You know, a small percentage, and I think nursing is the same. I would say most of the nurses I've worked with are wonderful. Mm -hmm. I mean, wonderful people. You know. And some of them I strive to be like, and I know I'm never going to be like them. You know what I mean? Because they're just right, so sure. good. Angelic, you know. So when, so there it is. So so do you go to the hospital and risk getting one of them bad ones or good, whatever? I mean, that's just the way it goes in, in anything in life, right? So all I tell people is when you think something is wrong with your care or your child's care, your husband's, whatever, if something doesn't seem right to you in your gut, speak up you know a lot of people think well the nurse based the nurse said i've had so many people well the nurse told me that doesn't mean that we're god and we're perfect you know so oh, yeah. you know speak up and and get edified like if if your child gets diabetes you better learn about what diabetes really mm -hmm. is and all the ins and outs of it so that you can advocate for your loved one you know what i mean and speak up because sometimes i've had patients ask me questions and they were afraid to and and when they did i was like holy shit Thanks for thank you for saying that because I was going to make a mistake or something. Mm. I had something misinformation or whatever, you know, and that happens. So speak up. You know, the worst thing you can do is think, well, the doctor said, yeah, or the nurse sure. said, and yeah. like that's, you know, that's so yeah. dangerous, dangerous. Yeah, I so totally agree. you know, don't be afraid to go to the hospitals, but don't just drop your kid off and leave him there and pick him up the next day or you know what I mean, stuff yeah. like that. If you need to stay overnight, you demand that you're staying overnight with them. You know what I mean? All right. So all right, Jack. So. So uh, real quick, so we have just about a minute or two left. So they can get Nurse Jack at nursejack911.com, or they can go to Amazon or any stores that they want. Um, and uh, of course, is, is, do, do you want people to be able to get a hold of you besides your website, or is there, is there any other contact information, or is that enough? Well, the the website's got uh, a spot where you can email me okay, or uh, you know leave messages. I'd love to hear feedback. Okay. And uh, anybody that does read the book, um, yeah, you can do a book review on it. That's always helpful. That's like sure. Goodreads.com is the spot you can do okay. that, or Amazon. You know. All right, and I, but, I totally um, appreciate you you being here with us. And um, hold on a couple of minutes, and I'm just going to say goodbye to everybody, and I'm going to say goodbye to you in a minute. All right. So I want to okay. thank you all for watching the show. My name is Larry Steinhaus. I'm the host of Money Chat Now. Money Chat Now is live every morning at 7.30 a.m., and you can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. 
And if you'd like to be a guest on our show, you can go to thelarrysteinhousshow.com slash guest, thelarrysteinhousshow.com slash guest. Let us know why you want to be interviewed, and we'll see what we can do. Hey, we hope you enjoyed today's interview with Nurse Jack, and we hope you will tune in again. Hey, make it a profitable day.